Hi, it's another Smart Talk episode, and uh, I'm joined by Sam McGilligan from McKean's Hockey. What's going on, Sam? How are you? I'm great. Uh, uh, sorry, that was. Can we just do that one all over again? I swear we are just never going to edit that out. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, no. If you want to roll with it, we could just roll with it. I don't really. I don't care that much. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Kind of stumbled in on the way there. <laughs> yeah yeah man so what's been going on i mean i i know i know we tried to record this episode over the weekend and uh oh boy that was a that was an epic failure but uh yeah, we um, love we love technology we yeah love technology. yeah i love yeah i love spending all of my money on technology that just fails it's just fun <laughs> that's uh, uh that seems to be a common occurrence yeah yeah, but I but I refuse to get off the uh, but I refuse to get off the Mac train. So um, so yeah, so I won't be coming to the PC world anytime soon. <laughs> Your mistake. That's okay. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I even well, look, I even got Will to get one. Yeah, and he seems to actually like it. So you might be onto something, but <laughs> I'm not gonna acknowledge this. So. <laughs> So yeah, Sorry. man. So um, unfortunately, um, you know, unfortunately, the topic that we are going to talk about today is kind of like a Debbie Downer. But um, but yeah, uh, uh, let's talk about the Habs. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, the uh, the Lettre Color. So yeah, let's see. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, start with the Habs, and um, let's you know, talk about them. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and if their number one center problems are, you know, are going to be solved, or, you know, uh, you know, with the upcoming NHL draft. No. <laughs> well, yep. I, my, well, I'm like completely convinced that if they don't win the lottery, they're going to draft a defenseman, and I don't want them to, personally, as I'm more of a forward in the first round, defense later in the draft kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, walking away with like David Yurichek at like third or fourth overall is not the worst thing that can happen. Like David Yurichek. No, no, it's not. No, it's not the worst thing. And like, like I, you know, and you know, and I think in the old, I think in the old regime, you know, um, you know, there was a really good chance that a guy like David Yurichek, you know, at, you know, I mean, you know, at like pick like three or four. You know, was def you know was definitely coming home. Yeah, so. that definitely seems like the old regime style. They, yeah, they they were they weren't all wrong. Uh, we we talked about this on the first attempt of recording this. Yeah, <laughs> um, Bergman's scouting staff wasn't as bad as people say. That's not me saying that they were good or amazing, but they weren't as bad as people say they were. The major issue is development. The old staff would have seen David Yurichek and loved so much about him, and then they would have drafted him, and then they would have failed to give him the development he so desperately needs to be the player worthy of a top five selection. Because he is. Like, if we go 10 years in the future and we look and David Yurichek is like fourth in total points in the draft, I'm not even talking like for defensemen, I mean like everybody. I wouldn't like, I'd be shocked. But it, I was like, oh, if a defenseman was to do it, it'd be him because he's absolutely insane. 
There's just so much refinement that's required, and that's going to be a long process because developing defensemen is kind of almost always like a five to seven year journey. And Montreal seemed to really drop the ball after like year one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and like, look with you know, I mean, with like David Yurichek, like, I, I mean, like, I very, very much like him. Like, and you know, and I've you know, and I've said this you know quite a few times now, but like, like. He is the defenseman to me that gets to the NHL the fastest out of like, you know, I mean, like out of like this draft class. Like, I don't, you know, like, I can't, I, I, I don't, I like, I like, like, I like Simon Emich, but like, I think there's a little bit more time there. But like, you know, like Dave Yerchek is like, you know, he, you know, he checks off so many boxes on the, you know, on the back end. Um, you know, and, you know, and especially from like a physicality standpoint, um, you know, that just, you know, I mean, you know, that just makes them like a constant threat. And so, you know, and so like, if, you know, potentially if he's in the AHL next season, like that's like, that's probably like the best route for him, you know, going on like the, um, you know, I mean, like, you know, like on, like going like on like a more outsider kind of path. Agreed. And I think that comparable is a little interesting, not so much in direct play style, but like, I'm going to say archetype, but maybe that's not the best word for this. Uh, but Juracek definitely can play pro hockey. I mean, he is playing pro hockey. Yep. Whether, the, whether he's actually an effective pro hockey player right this year is a different <laughs> question. He can yeah. be. He can absolute he can do things that just a draft eligible player especially a defenseman in a pro league probably just shouldn't do and i don't mm -hmm. mean that like a, he shouldn't do that that's bad i mean like the how can he already do that like what yeah but there's so much refinement you need to get him to stop doing a bunch of different things and yep. have a lot more poise and I don't want to, not even confidence, because they're going to say confidence, but he almost has too much confidence, actually, is the issue. And you don't want, you want to strip him of the decision-making that comes with having too much confidence without actually taking the confidence away, because then you're kind of diluting what he can be. Mm -hmm. um, he's super fascinating. He's honestly, like, one of the most interesting prospects I think I've ever watched, because I don't really think he's particularly a good player in the Czech League this year. But I do think he has what it takes to be just a rock star, superstar NHL defenseman. And those yeah. don't come around often. And that type of guy is one I'm cool with picking in the first, which is why if Montreal was to call his name, I wouldn't be upset. But if they called it over Brad Lambert or like Logan Cooley, it probably yeah, that's not upset. yeah that it, that certainly would not be ideal at all. I mean, no, not at and. All. You well, know, not at all for me. For others, they probably disagree, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, sure. And let's say, I mean, like, and let's say that, like, the Habs, you know, get, you know, I mean, get like the number two pick, you know, right? I mean, you know, right is off the board at this point in time. You know, are you leaning to Logan Cooley? Are you leaning to Brad Lambert? Or you know, or which you know, or which player would you take? You know. If you know, if you were Kent Hughes, and you know, and as Kent Hughes had already stated publicly, you know, he wants this team to be fast and fun. Brad and... Lambert, what's up? 
Brad Lambert. <laughs> I, I was going to say it the entire time and probably knew I was going to say it the entire time, but Brad Lambert is the answer. I mean, it's no secret that I absolutely love him. Outside of, like, Will, I'm probably the highest you can find in, like, the public community of scouting on him. Uh, we're both gigantic fans of him. Um, it will probably do quite a bit of content on him during the second half of the season to, you know, further deep dive into this. But um, Brad Lambert is the guy that I want Montreal to take more than anybody. Outside of Shane Wright at first overall, mostly because there's Shane Wright is an excellent prospect in so many different ways and is kind of getting dragged through the mud for some pretty crappy reasons. But I would, like, I think both Wright and Lambert are just ex- a lot better than people think they are, and they are a pretty solid one, too, in the draft. Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of people agree with the Brad Lambert at two thing. It doesn't seem like a lot of people agree with the Brad Lambert as a top five or top ten pick thing, and that is what it is. I don't think that Montreal ever considers taking him at two, which makes me sad. I don't actually think there's a situation where Montreal leaves the draft with Brad Lambert because they're likely picking too high for where he's going to go, even though he probably should be in that range. So in that case, I'd say Logan Cooley. You know, one of the things that Brad, you know, that Brad Lambert does is like, you know, like he, you know, like he also gives you that like versatility too, right? And so, you know, and so if, you know, if and when, you know, he comes to the end, I mean, sorry, if and when he comes to the NHL, you know, you could potentially plug him in, you know, at, you know, um, you know, at wing, you know, and let him to, sorry, and let him continue to develop at wing, be, I mean, before you move him over to, to, I mean, to center to man his own line. And you can, you know, and you can give him a guy like, sorry, and you can give him a guy like Nick Suzuki and, you know, and, you know, and those two could just be in like a wicked fun duo t- together at some point. They absolutely could be. Um, I still see him as a center. That's like the thing. Like I, yeah. I see him as a center and I don't actually even think developing him at wing while he transitions to center is like, it wouldn't harm him. I don't think playing wing when you're a center is nearly as bad as some. I think most people don't really think it's that bad, but there's that subset that do. I'm okay with that happening, but I do think Brad Lambert's the type of player who he plays a very middle-driven game. Actually, he plays a full, like, lateral game. Like, he'll just play anywhere, oh, yeah. middle perimeter, <laughs> like, anywhere. He's fine making plays anywhere, but he really is at his best when he's just cutting through the middle and making plays through the middle. That's kind of who he is. That's what I see him as anyways, at the NHL level, if he's like at his best and you're better off really just going all in and harnessing that, especially because when you play center, those increased defense responsibilities come around and he kind he needs to get better at that. And the one thing I don't like about wingers playing or center playing winger is playing center in the NHL defensively is really, 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 really hard. Yeah. And you don't learn that by not playing. Like you only get the chance to you play yeah. wing for two years and then you get put on center 
a lot of NHL teams are going to be like, well, why isn't he good defensively? And then just move him back to wing. And it's like, well, maybe you should have spent those two years just like teaching him how to do it. Montreal is probably going to be asked for the next few years. If Brad Lambert needs to dominate a year in Liga and then come over and then play in the lineup and just be a crappy defensive center for two years who's dominating transition and really kind of popping offensively once he gets his tools going and everything's kind of coming together for him, maybe that's probably the best time to have him also develop the defensive side of the game. So when the time comes to win, he can be a center who's good there, or at least okay there and not detrimental, versus developing him at wing during all the bad years and then throwing him at center when we're supposed to be good and then going like, dude, what the hell? He sucks defensively. We can't play him. <laughs> now we have to play him for the wing. I mean, he wouldn't be a worse winger. Don't get me wrong. He'd still be a hell of an impact player regardless yep. of where he plays. He's one of those types of forwards. But you only... You can only practice and master something through repetitions, not just not doing it and then suddenly being suddenly put in the position to do it and then be like, okay, go nuts. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but with that, but with that being said, like, you know, like one of, you know, I mean, like one of like the things that I've seen, um, you know, for example, like the, you know, like the Leafs head coach do a lot, Sheldon Keefe is that, you know, is that there are shifts where, like, he will say, like, okay, well, I want Matthews, Tavares, and Marner, or, you know, or Matthews, or Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander. So, like, you know, so at, you know, so at a point during games, you know, I mean, like, the Habs could potentially do that with, you know, with Lambert and, you know, and go out with just, like, a super power line. Oh, absolutely. Nothing wrong with line matching in game and just kind of doing what you have to do in game to win. It's more of like a set over a season pattern thing. Like if you constantly play him on the wing, he won't get the reps. If you play him ships on the wing because you want to stack the line, go for it. I mean, you probably should be doing line matching anyways. Even if like the Leafs could probably be one of the teams that could develop centers on the wing and I'd have more confidence in it. But as of now, Montreal Canadiens development staff doesn't have my full vote of confidence. So the more I they do things off the track or off like the beaten path, the more yeah. they put centers on the wing, the more they bury them in the lineup because they make mistakes, the less or the more and more my confidence just drops. It, yeah. it, it's like it's really hard to develop players but it's also really hard to be developed into an NHL player. And you know, all of these kids want to, like, you know, every single one of them want to, they didn't come yep. this far to just be like 21 years old and be like, ah, <laughs> I'm going to go be an accountant. Like none of them want to do that. Yeah. They, they want to be the best versions of themselves. They want to be playoff heroes. They want to score the Stanley cup winning goal. Like that's yep. what these kids want. Yeah. And Montreal consistently, just doesn't turn out talent from the draft. And I don't, with the, some of the kids that they drafted at the time of the draft were legitimately great prospects who people in hindsight say, oh, that was just a bad draft pick because X was taken six picks later and he's awesome. We should have picked him. And it's just like X gets picked by Montreal. X isn't X anymore. I don't, I have a good example of this, but like look at almost any draft for Montreal mm -hmm. to pick and then look at the next closest NHL player and people will, somewhat understandably be like we should have taken them but they're not really considering the fact that 
we would have probably ruined them, and some of the prospects that we drafted probably would have been better players if they were taken somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So the, until this issue is fixed, it's it's almost like it's depressing to say, but until and it might be fixed now. Maybe Ken Hughes just came through and it's just like, well, I know how we need to do here, and just kind of like start working on the problem. And mm-hmm. from what we know, maybe we're going to start developing talent real nice. Um, but as long as well, Ducharme is running the NHL team, and as long as the track record, we'll just assume that it kind of stays the same. Because I don't know what developmental staff changes were made, so it's a little unfair for me to comment on it. So sure. assuming it's still pretty similar, because I think a decent chunk stayed on. Discussing the prospects we're going to draft is kind of a depressing talk because it's from I'm almost hearing like what prospect are we going to make not live up to their potential this time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but one, um, you, you know, but one thing that you know, you know, that the Habs have done like a really, really good job on, you know, for you know, for like the past few years, is you know, adding, you know, is adding a few more draft picks. Um, you know, oh, absolutely. you know, at the deadline. Um, so with that being said, you know, the Habs have guys like Ben Sherratt, uh, Arturi Lekkanen, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and even a guy like Brendan Gallagher, um, you know, as, you know, as we were talking about on Saturday. Um, but yeah, so, you know, let's say, you know, let's say the Habs are able to bring in, you know, a not you know a few more first rounders. So let's say you know, and we talked a little bit about this on Saturday too. But like, let's say like Brendan Gallagher goes to like the Kings. Okay, so you get you know, so I mean, so you get like a first rounder back, and you're probably looking at like you know, like the you know, like the seventeen, nineteen, twenty, you know, um, you know, tier. Um, like just after the lottery ends. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, with that being said, you know, if you know, if you're in, you know, if you're at pick seventeen, you know, who, you know, what, you know, what group of guys are you looking to target? You know, and I, you know, and I, you know, um, you know, is it guys like Yuri Kulik? Uh, is it guys like Jonathan Lakeri Mackey? Uh, Liam Ogren? Isaac Howard, you know, who are, you know, I mean, who are some of those guys that you are uh, looking to target there? I'd be okay with any of the names you just said, personally. Um, Isaac Howard, if he's my first pick off the board, scares me. But if he's my second pick and I, you know, had a good conversation with my development team and we're like, hey, well, what's going on here? What's the issues? What can we fix? Because that guy, like when he's on and his everything is just working with him, He's so he's unbelievable. He's one of the guys where I look at him, I'm like, you actually could be a top six. Like everyone, when they draft their prospect, like this guy has top six potential. This guy's first line potential. Most of them don't. Isaac Howard actually does. He's just really unlikely to reach it. And if he doesn't, you're left with a big identity crisis of what he is as a player. So if he's your first pick off the board, uh, I'm not a soul. But if Montreal has Let's just say they're just drowning in first round picks because they just have the world's most successful fire sale at the deadline. <laughs> I, I would be thrilled if Howard was one of them. Just to be sad a few years later when it doesn't work out. But 
at the possibility of what he could be on that like 15% chance that he hits hits hard, he'll be a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, and then there's also, you know, you know, and there's also uh, Jonathan Lakari Mackey, you know, oh. who, you know, who I think, you know, who I think plays like not, you know, not exactly the same game as Brendan Gallagher, but, you know, but you're getting similar. Um, there's a feistiness there. Yeah. Brent Gallagher's feistiness is almost like unprecedented. It's so hard <laughs> to like have that level of passion that he does that he just is implements on a ship by ship basis. But uh, Lekari Maki removing like the Gallagher aspect of it, he's just so dynamic and dangerous. Um, your own Swedish scout, Mikael, said sent me film a few years ago of him when he was like a 16, 7, or 15, 16. And, the skating was so wonky and it just it was apparently seen by Swedish scouts as just this huge negative of him. They were like, oh well he's great about all this and that, but look at his feet. And it's just like a few years later, he's entering the twenty two uh twenty twenty two draft as one of its most dynamic and elite skaters. That level of turnaround doesn't come around very often. And when you already combine it with his world class shot, kind of makes me think like, well, what else can you add down the line? And I think Lekari Maki just act, actually has like legit star potential. Not even like he could be a boom into a top six. Like he's one of the few guys who might actually be like a real star in the draft. Like the, that toolkit is ridiculous. And the way he uses it is pretty damn practical. There's just a lot of experimentation going on there. Um, I think he just kind of fits with what Kent Hughes wants to do with the Habs, anyways. Like, I yeah. I would love to hear Lekaramaki's name called at just about any pick at, outside the top ten. It'd be cool, but you know, and there's you know, and there's also you know a decent chance that like a guy like Philip Mazar, you know, some yeah, you know, somehow drops down there, uh, you know, and he's you know, I mean, like in his, I mean, in his skating is just chef's kiss. Mashar um, is just a Mashar is a sensational prospect. Yeah. One that we liked early on in the year. And then I was wondering, I had like this little bit of a around like early November, I was like, Am I a little too high on him? I don't know. Like he's really, really good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. And I just kind of watched a little bit. I waited a bit, sorry. And then I watched some more coming into the World Juniors, and I watched him at the World Juniors, and I watched one of his games since, and uh, I was wrong about being wrong about him. <laughs> absolutely spectacular. He's so smart, it's not even funny. He's one of the, he's got that type of hockey sense that I would bet on regardless of the tools, but he also, like you said, he's got chef's kiss skating, so. Yeah. And quite the manipulation for, or quite the eye for manipulating passing lanes as well which isn't uncommon around first-round players, even in pro leagues. Like, most of them can do it, but he does it in projectable ways, and he doesn't force a lot of things. Just kind of takes whatever, the best option that, that's natural to him. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it solves a bunch of problems at once. It doesn't matter if the defense has put him in a situation where he only really has to do one thing to get by somebody, or if, the de- if he's caught in the middle of the defensive structure... And there's two or three guys that he has to account for to make mm-hmm. the best play. And then he just does it. 
with like one or two quick simple moves and it's just like oh there's a new lane that didn't exist through three different <laughs> guys through like a defensive structure of three guys and boom nailed up his uh passing target in stride <laughs> and now he's cutting through the middle of the offensive zone thank you philip mishar <laughs> He's, um, he's amazing for those types of things. Like, these are all players that I would be ecstatic that the Habs drafted. Like, any and all of them. Give yeah. me all of them. And let's say, you know, and let's say, I don't know, the Habs look to trade Jeff Petrie. Um, or you know, apparently or, a name as well. You know, or yeah, uh, or Ben Sherrod or Arteri Lekkanen. You know, there's, I mean, you know, there is a solid chance that they could come out with, you know, a few more first-rounders. Um, you know, and, you know, and they could potentially target, you know, a team, um, you know, a team with a bit of cap space. Um, so, you know, let's, you know, let's say that there is, sorry, you know, let's say that there are, you know, a, you know, a few teams that bite, you know, and the Habs have, you know, two first rounders towards like the end of, um, sorry, towards the end of like the first round. So like you're talking like, you know, 28 through 32. Um, and I had to re- remind myself that there are 32 NHL teams. <laughs> I uh, still forgot. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but yeah, so who, you know, so who are you, you know, who are you looking to take there? Well, any of the names that you mentioned earlier, Kulik, Ogren, Bakayamaki, Mashar, those types of guys, um, you can take them with like a late teens pick or like a late 20s pick. I'd be cool with all of it. But there are four names in particular that when I looked at Bob McKenzie's rankings, which is the closest, most reflect, or best reflects what NHL scouts are thinking right now and kind of the best way of seeing how the draft would play out if it was today. Seamus Casey, Noah Oslin, Callie Odelius, and Gleb Trikazov were all in the second round. All four of those players are in my top 13, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I might be too high on them. I have, like, that could just pro, that might just be the issue. Maybe I'm just being a little too high on them or something like that. But I fully believe in those four prospects. Mm-hmm. them being in the second round is something that just kind of like is blowing my mind a little bit. It is what it is, whatever. I'm not going to make comments on that. But if you get multiple first round picks and those guys are available, I'm pounding the table if I'm going to draft me. Like above Mashar, above Lakaramaki, above Ogre. As much as I love those guys and I wouldn't be upset if the pick was made, it's the Oslin, Odelius, Casey, Trikazov, those are the four guys that I want to see drafted by the Habs more than anything. Like, I, I do the thing Will does now, or um, I'll give, obviously, all credit goes to him, but where he drafts every time the league makes a pick since 2015, I started doing this in 2020. Those are guys that I know for a fact. Like, if they're on the board with any pick Montreal owns, I'm getting them. It doesn't matter how late or early in the draft it is. I will reach on them early if I have to. And if it's, like, a late first, I'm just taking them and I'm just laughing. It's like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I didn't expect this. Like, I have no Austin at 11th, 12th. Thank you for giving him to me at, like, 29. So I might still be wrong, but <laughs> risk worth taking on a player like that. So speaking of um sorry, so speaking of Bob's list, I remember looking at it the other day and um 
I yeah, so I did a command F on my uh, sorry, on my Mac and to you know to translate to PC that is a control F. Um but um so and I was trying to find Lane Hudson and lo and behold he's right next to Kirill Dolzhenkov. <laughs> and I sat the, there the irony and, of that one. And I'm like, oh boy, six foot six dude, and then five foot like what eight? And, I think it's and actually like, like six, seven, and five, seven. Actually, I do think Hudson's five, eight now listed. But yeah, it's like the tallest player in the draft and the shortest reasonable player in the draft back like, to back. I That's funny. I want to see them like side by side and like you know and like take you know and like take some photos because that would be hilarious. David and Goliath shit right there. <laughs> um, Lane Hudson is a name that I want Montreal to draft more than anything, but I don't because I really like Lane Hudson, and I don't think no matter <laughs> what they're going to draft him and develop him properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a player who's like, you don't give him the right development, he's yeah. going to be nothing like at all. Like he pro, he might not even be an elite AHL player if he if he doesn't get developed properly. Like he's five eight, and he's doesn't take up a lot of space defensively and he's got good positioning to make up for it but not like flawless like there's still problems with it and he doesn't have a separation gear and he not the most fleet of foot i mean he's mobile laterally but he's not like explosive and he can't change direction all right are, are, are welcome, we back? welcome back sam <laughs> thank you I, I I know anyone who is listening to this and rem- is a fan of Mac is probably like remembering the earlier conversation. <laughs> was like switch to PC and they're probably like, haha, this guy's PC failed him. Windows sucks. Reality is I just used my fat ass foot to kick the power bar back. <laughs> yep. So whoops. So we were talking about Lane Hudson and um, oh, yeah, the small kid. Yep. And uh, Kirill Delzhenkov. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I hope everything I said about Hudson got, you know, recorded. It doesn't look like you stopped the recording, so that's good. Uh, I don't really remember exactly what I said with him, but just summarizing it quick, just like super small, doesn't take up a lot of space, good positioning, but not flawless, just could use some improvements in top speed, uh, moving from a lull and shifting momentum while, you know, moving. You know, just a small thing. Uh, And and these are all like must-haves if Lane Hudson is to really like be an impact player in the NHL. Not to mention just really nailing that positioning thing. Like when you're that small, there's margin for error is pretty much non-existent. Unless you're a lot quicker, which he currently isn't. But if all of that comes together, there are very few defensemen that I have seen, not just in this year, but in the last couple of years, who just drive play to the level that he does like he's hilarious with the puck Mm -hmm. he's just amazing and the opportunities he sees and the lanes that he can identify (laughs) lane um they they're just uh, staggering i think a team like carolina is gonna take him in like Mm -hmm. the fourth round or something and they're just gonna develop him into like a nice like power play guy who can probably play in your third second pairing if everything goes well like i mean everything and top four defensemen who drive play like him are kind of rare in the draft so i mean i'm cool with 
Lane Hudson going anywhere that develops him into the player he wants to be. He's one of my favorite prospects I've ever watched, whether it's reasonable <laughs> or not. It's probably not reasonable, but yep. I, I absolutely adore Hudson. <laughs> um. And um and yeah man and uh, thank you for so um, I mean thank you so much for coming on uh, Sam and no uh, and uh, do you want to sorry and do you want to let everybody know what you are uh, um sorry where they can follow you and uh, and what you are working on Yep so everyone can follow me at on Twitter at Sam McGilligan. I need to really quickly check if there's an underscore in between those and the answer is <laughs> yes so Sam underscore McGilligan uh most more importantly follow mckean's hockey as well as will scouch and greg revac who i work with at the mckean's video team because those two guys are amazing and two fantastic mentors mentors to work alongside um i have a sub stack which i haven't posted anything but the rankings on but there's a reason <laughs> for that there, there's content and it's kind of sitting waiting to be published just don't yeah. read draft content before january so kind of been sitting on it uh but that content will be coming out extremely soon and it's just sammcgilligan.substack.com this time with no underscore uh and i guess for a particular piece i'm gonna plug there's a piece of content coming for the substack that i won't really comment on it's a theory piece that's just was kind of fun to write just for the sake of writing it um there's a rankings list coming out my first and might be my only rankings list until the final one because whatever i don't i don't <laughs> think i'm posting them all too much because there's a lot of you process need a reason, Sam. you need yeah. on, you need a reason <laughs> I, I, I don't like to just spam a new rankings list every month for the sake of spamming a new rankings list every yeah. month I, yeah. I i want to look at it and go i I'm confident in what I see before I release it. And that doesn't happen all too much because the second I can start going, well, why is he here instead of here and start logically following along with it? And then you need to go back into the film. And now the rankings got pushed back another week and half the write-ups got to get deleted. So I don't do it all too much anymore. I probably will just do one or two or three a year. But the first one will be coming soon. Nice. Um, and there is a piece that I have on a specific finished player who may or may not have been discussed in depth in this podcast. Brad Lambert, uh, baby. Brad Lambert, baby. Coming out for McKean's Hockey very soon that I have spent like a month and a half working on. And it just turned out pretty okay, if I do say so myself. Uh, it's quite long. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm super excited about that coming out. Hopefully it's reviewed well. Hey, I mean, I mean, Sam, I, Sam, I love, man, I love your long reports buddy so i so. Yeah, it seems to be the consensus but st still regardless it, it's just <laughs> anything right it it's prospect stuff it's subjective and this and that yeah. sometimes yeah. i say stuff and then i don't even agree with what i wrote like four months later and i'm just <laughs> no well i guess that's just the nature of the business sometimes but yeah so brad lambert piece rankings substack twitter follow mckean's Follow Josh Tesler. Uh, <laughs> follow all of it. And thank you so much for having me on here. It's just fun shooting the shit with you, buddy. And uh, love being on this stuff. And I just love smart scouting in general. And th thank you so much, buddy. Uh, thank you for having me, man.